guys, it's Gail Compulsive Overeater. Hi, Hi Gail. Gail. I bought pictures, and I wrote myself a little note just now, because I was, <clears throat> I was, I'm only qualify, I'm sorry, top weight's 275, and um, I came into OA, um, how, in 1999 at 250 pounds, so I'd managed to lose 25, and um, <clears throat> I was so desperate that when my husband called OA and they told him about the meeting at the dry dock, I was like, are you shit? I got to go to all <laughs> And I, um, I went, and by the end of the night, I heard my story. And it was Friday meditation meeting, and I asked um, the secretary if she would sponsor me, and she was full. So she, she suggested I go to the Sunday meeting that used to be at Kaiser, and I went, and I got a sponsor. And it wasn't like I had a last hurrah. It wasn't like I said, oh, I'm starting. Uh, as soon as I get a sponsor, I'm going to eat everything in sight. I was so done that when I saw the How Food Plan, I was just grateful. Now, some people would look at the How Food Plan, and they would say, how is that different than a diet? And what makes it different is the 12 steps. What makes it different is all of you people in the rooms. What makes it different is all the tools I use. And so the funny thing about it is I tried to use the, the How Food Plan for four years with a nutritionist at Kaiser. I went from two, 216 to 209 pounds. Think you need a higher power? Think you need the steps? You think you need a fellowship? I tried for four years. So one of the things in the uh, Voices of Recovery today is just because you've made a mistake, do you think you're still a mistake? And so I wrote myself a little note. And the reason I wrote myself a little note is this program has taught me to have compassion for myself and others. And that's a prayer that I pray. But... I also have to have compassion for the little girl that was 14 stuffed into a girdle in her Catholic school uniform, and the girdle was cutting into my upper thigh and making me miserable. But I didn't know how to hold my belly in, and my mom, grandma said that this would make me okay. So there I was, wearing a fucking girdle. Um, but I have to have compassion for that kid, because that kid didn't know any better. I was trying to do what people said I needed to do. I also did... Um, more background, and most of you have heard my story, so you know my mom had died um, on December 29th, 1965, four days after Christmas. And I was 160 pounds. And six months later, I had hit 200 pounds for the first time. There was nobody to tell me, you can't have a hot fudge parfait, or you can't have a butterscotch parfait, a bag of chips, and a hot dog for lunch every day and stay 160 pounds. So I ate my grief. Nobody told me I Nobody wanted to talk about mom suddenly having an asthma attack and not being there. And my dad, I called into bed with him one night, and he, he was like clinging to his side, and I was clinging to my side. All I wanted was somebody to tell me I was going to wake up in the morning. And that's all I really wanted. And my dad was so freaked out that my mom, you know, that he had, I had food and he had alcohol, and that's how we coped. And nobody talked back then. They would pat your arm and say, baby, it's going to take time. But if you don't talk, it takes more than time.
So, um, I hit 200 pounds first time in 66. And I must have just escalated because my grandmother would buy me AIDS, the candies. So you'd have a, a candy and a hot liquid, and that was supposed to cut your appetite. Now, if you're a sugar junkie, all that does is fuel. It's fuel. And you eat the first layer. You know, eat the first layer. Um, so I tried Weight Watchers for the very first time when my daughter was, after my daughter was born in 70s. She was born in 76. So I went to the Weight Watchers up in the old Sears building, which then became Irvin's, which is now Target. I couldn't lose weight. I mean, I could lose 40 pounds, but I couldn't keep it off. Because the thing about OA is we address this as a three-pronged program, emotional, spiritual, and physical. Weight Watchers. And that time it wasn't the points. But they don't talk about why I eat. They don't even scratch the surface of what's eating me. So... I didn't do well. In 81, I tried something called Diet Workshop. Now, I don't know why, but it was just like Weight Watchers, but there was some compassion link, and I was able to lose 100 pounds for the first time. Um, could I keep it off? No, because again, without talking about why I eat or what's eating me, I'm going to gain it back because I'm going to think I'm cured once I'm cute and, and 158 pounds. And the reality is I'm not cured. Um, I also did a 1,000 calorie a day diet with a nutritionist at Children's Hospital. And that was before it was CPMC over on Sutter. No, California. That worked. I got really cute really cute and I was wearing vintage clothes and I thought I was hot shit but if you don't talk about what's eating me if you don't talk about what's going on and what's underneath what I'm eating about there's nothing that's going to change and this is the crazy part I did Weight Watchers so many times best friend was dying of AIDS and I thought well when mom died, I hit 200. What's going to happen now that Guy's dying? So I went back to Weight Watchers thinking maybe I could at least stave off the thing that was eating me. It didn't work. I didn't hit 300 pounds, but I stayed about 225 while Guy was dying. I wanted to be conscious. I wanted to be able to sit with him and be conscious. Well... So when I came into the rooms in 1999, and I got a sponsor, and I read the steps, I hated Bill W. with a passion. I hated Dr. Bob with a passion, because it reminded me of the Catholic Church, and I was broken. And I was broken and had to be fixed. And this was going to fix me. And they also pointed me back in the direction of the Catholic Church because that's the only thing I knew for spirituality, even though I'd gone to India in 72. So I tried, and I lost the weight, but I couldn't really understand or keep the higher power thing going because I kept relating it to the Catholic Church.
And um, finally I thought, okay, I'm going to do the Hindu route because I really love Generator Operator Destroyer as God. So that was Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva. I could relate to Shiva, you know. But then I got into the master's program. And OA had taught me how to ask for help. And I really desperately wanted to finish college. I mean, I had been at it since 1969. And it only took me nine years to get through two at City College. So once OA had kind of whipped me into shape, I went back to school to find everything I was afraid of at State was waiting for me. So I had to take math before I could take stats. I passed with a B plus Because the program had taught me how to ask for help. So I went to um, tutoring. I had to write speeches. I was terrified. And everybody would say, well, you're a poet, and you, and you read all the time. It's different doing speeches. I had to do the science thing. But everything I aced. Then I got into the master's program. And the teacher figured out we were all adults. We were all poets. We were all cool. And she'd pull a fifth of whiskey out in little red cups. And she pulled cheese and crackers out. Well, I hadn't had a drink since 89, and this was, 90, this was 2002, so I wasn't interested in the alcohol. I already knew I'd become a raging lunatic if I, if I ever had one drink. The cheese and crackers, and no meetings, and working really hard, and no sponsor. I slept. And this was 2004. I don't know how long. I don't know if I... Lost my abstinence in 2004 or 2005, but I lost it. And it was from cheese and crackers back into sugar. Now, I've never been one of those people who could say, I'm not going to touch that stuff. It was like all bets are off. And um, 2013, I'm sitting at Pacific Hatch with a friend's son who's just turning 18. And he starts talking about his guitar teacher who has double aces on his upper arm, and that the double aces remind him that he's an alcoholic and an addict, and he's got 15 years clean and sober, and my heart hurt it, and that was a Sunday, and by Wednesday, I got myself into the last how meeting in San Francisco, and I was grateful, there was three people in the room, including myself, and I asked the right one to sponsor me, and she's my sponsor today, I have to have a food plan. This is just my story, not anybody else's. I have to have parameters around my food. I have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, flour and sugar are not on my program. Because I might be a sugar junkie, but I love cookies. I love cake. We can keep the pie. I love chips and salsa, but none of that is on my food plan. What is on my food plan is three weight measured meals, nothing in between, three phone calls, and a whole lot of tools, about 10 of them, that I have to take into consideration every single day. So most of you have gotten a phone call from me. Um, sometimes I make seven outreach calls, not because I need to, but because I want to ensure that when, when I'm slippery and I'm thinking X might sound like a good thing, I got something in the bank that I got something in the spiritual bank account that says, 
have you lost your effing mind? So I don't, I, I make those outreach calls. Even though I don't feel like I need to, I, I read Voices of Recovery and wrote on the questions day. I'm going to go home and read uh, for today and, and answer the question. I've got three outreach calls I have to make today. So when I go home, I will do that. I don't take this serious. I don't take this not seriously is what I'm trying to say. I don't take this lightly. I will get my six-year chip this month. I didn't think I would ever be back in these rooms. I slipped and slid for eight or nine years. Had a sponsor, didn't have a sponsor. Went to meetings, didn't go to meetings. When I came back, everything had changed. The meetings that were 40, 60 people are now down to 12. Um, that's the century meeting. Sometimes it's down to 12 people. Um, the Trinity Church, there's no meeting. Um, the meeting that used to have the women over 55, gone. So if I don't carry the torch for OA, I might come into a room one day and find no one. So I've got to carry the torch because this is the only thing that helps me be sane. And that's, that's what I'm going to end with. When I'm in these rooms, the hamster wheel is silent. Nobody's telling me, oh, you're just a piece of shit. If you could just get your it together. I can't, don't hear that. I don't hear that whirling device that goes 24-7 that tells me all the negative things in the world. When I'm in these rooms with you guys, the hamster wheel is silent. So thank you for letting me share. Thank mm -hmm. you.